it's not about you. It's really about your customers. And the more value you, you give them, the better. And it's going to come back to you. So you've got to give before you get. Welcome to Honest E-Commerce, where we're dedicated to cutting through the BS and finding actionable advice for online store owners. I'm your host, Chase Clymer. And I believe running an online business does not have to be complicated or a guessing game. If you're struggling with scaling your sales, Electric Eye is here to help. To apply to work with us, visit electriceye.io slash connect to learn more. Now let's get on with the show. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Honest E-Commerce. I am your host, Chase Clymer. And today, we're welcoming to the show Jared Krause. Jared Krause is calling me from all the way across the world. Uh, the power of technologies. Um, but Jared comes to us uh, from these days. He is the host of Buying Online Businesses Podcasts. Uh, he's uh, very passionate about passive income, which is you know definitely something I think a lot of us know about being in this industry. You kind of start a business and you have that entrepreneur bug because you're trying to figure out ways to kind of make money online with the you know how lazy can I be about it and you know you kind of get into it and you learn quickly that that's not really the case most of the time it still takes hard work uh, so Jared's coming to us today I was actually on his podcast and now I'm gonna have him on ours uh, but first of all welcome to the show I'm talking too much no man thanks so much for having me and you're spot on with the the passive is like yes you can have passive income but some people just really take that way too literally hey and and want to try and have their website just running without them doing anything and I like to tell people, you know, semi-passive is more realistic unless you do have a really good team and processes and, and structure in place. You know that that right there, we can end the episode. Be like, cool. All right, now you the, you know you bursted everyone's bubble. That's that right there is is really crucial to know. Um, you kind of get what you give, right? Yeah. Oh, for sure. And that goes through all of life, not just in business. All right. So someone's going to want to know the answer to this question. What is the most passive business that you've come across? As, as much detail, I guess, as you could share. That's a great question. It's probably not in uh, the space that most of you guys are listening. Uh, but it would probably, in my opinion, be a content site where they're making money from affiliate marketing and ads. And if you have a team where you know, you have them go away and search keywords and produce the content and have somebody else edit it and post it and upload it for you and then distribute that content around the socials to get more traffic. That's probably the most passive model. And then, yeah, you still want to be working on it though, because, you know, like for example, you say you've got a website running, you're going to have other people coming up that's going to be competition, which means you're going to have to have your SEO really good and also the algorithm changes, um, change how your website gets shown up and seen. And that sort of type of business is heavily reliant on traffic, uh, not so much you know PPC. So you, there is a, a lot that you should really keep your finger on, but that would be probably the more passive model that you could go for. Absolutely. And then it's just one of those things where before it is passive, there's a lot of work to get that initial block of content that gets you ranked. Uh, you know, get those backlinks that help get you up there in the first part. I think yeah. that part of the puzzle people are going to overlook. 
Yeah, for sure. There's, you know, it doesn't come with just a few things thrown together and and you're off and away. It does. It does take time to set up that money making project. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm going to guess that the most average way to make money online, average is a very wrong word, but you know, typically these days a lot of people are building brands they're building you know they might get started with drop shipping figuring out something that works and pivot to more an actual you know actual brand uh, how average uh, of an avenue do you see that being for younger entrepreneurs as far as the the workload goes between you know being full on in the business and passive like where does it live with drop shipping or just e-commerce in general yeah, I asked like three questions in one. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, that's totally cool. Because um, yeah, I just want to be more specific. Are you, do you, are you more relating that to drop shipping? Um, I think people kind of know that I think drop shipping is a very difficult model to do profitably these days. Yeah, it's pretty known that I prefer people focusing on an actual brand and building it the right way. Yeah. So you can give your opinion on both. Okay. Well, let's start with the drop shipping while we're on that. Uh, yeah, it is hard because you don't have so much control over your product um, and shipping times. And now that Amazon is just making things quicker and quicker and you can have things the next day type thing, it's just so hard to sell products that aren't your own. Uh, You don't have the quality control. You don't have the shipping control. uh, You're reliant on them doing refunds and stuff like that. And also, you know, you may be going out of stock of stuff and you didn't get updated or they may have changed some products and stuff like that, which has happened to me, you know, uh, recently, <laughs> um, one of my suppliers sent out the product that they purchased that I purchased for the, I purchased wholesale and they sent it out to them. And it was a completely different, uh, not a completely different product, but the product had been developed and changed and it didn't look like the images on the site. Or what I actually purchased, I didn't even know. So there was a big kerfuffle about that, and I felt actually pretty bad about it. So yes, there's not that much control over it um, in the dropshipping space. In terms of running just your own, I call it self product distribution because you're you're buying your own products or you're developing your own products and then selling it on your own website or on on Amazon. Is there's the reason it's not too passive is because you need to keep your eye on the products, uh, how much stock there is, developing them to making them better. And that's quite important because if you go into stock, you can't sell anything. Uh, and then also with customer support and service and stuff like that, that's a big part that you really need to keep your finger on the pulse. And yes, if it's a bigger business, you know, if you're doing a couple of hundred K up to a million or more, then you can start to really put people in place where you can have it more passive. But in terms of people starting out, which I'm sure most of your audience are, is that there's a there's a fair bit of work to go into really building that brand and really building that business. Absolutely. So, I mean, just to put that into one sentence, you're not going to become a millionaire from like standing up a Shopify store and picking a good niche. Like it's just those days are long gone. And honestly, I don't think they ever existed. I think the people that were doing that stuff had, you know, other stuff that was giving them a competitive edge to help them do that. Yeah, for sure. I think the huge edge or the very what's very underestimated is picking your product and picking your niche really well. Uh, you know, sometimes people you see if I look at billionaires and a lot of them, you know, they 
they're very, very smart and they know how to do technical and analytical things. Although a big portion of what a lot of billionaires say is that, you know, some luck was involved. They never perceived that the industry would have gone the way that they were heading as well. And so when you, you know, start selling a product or doing a service or doing business in a specific niche or industry that starts to take off, that gets really, really popular, it definitely adds to your success. So trying to work out what niche and industry can really help you and then making sure that product is absolutely amazing, it it makes you like run downhill towards your goals rather than trying to run uphill. Absolutely. That makes a lot of sense. Kind of going with that and picking niches and stuff. I think this is something I see often as well is uh, we'll get like a huge influx in the market of people that are chasing something that's already taken off. Yeah. And I think by the time you've heard of it and you haven't been actively in it, you probably are too late. So some examples of that would have been like uh, vaping was huge in the direct-to-consumer market a few years ago. Now it's moved into like CBD is just insane right now. <laughs> yeah. Um. You know, and and like all these products, they kind of have like an edge factor to them, and you gotta like you gotta jump on them as soon as possible. But I I don't think that I've ever met a person that's come in after kind of the the ships already taken off that's ever made a dollar in those spaces just because they like they're too far behind already. Yeah, and I think if you're coming, uh, you you're coming into the online space to just make money, then yes, you can do it with the fad and gimmicky type. I call them the the fatty type gimmicky products because it's got a life. You know, it's it's doesn't have a massive long lifespan. Uh, it's better to look, and I say this to my clients who are buying businesses, not just starting them, is that look for something that's an evergreen product, right? And be in business for the long haul rather than just get in because something's hot and you know you can make money from it because then you're just going to be sloppy when you're just trying to make money. You're going to be sloppy around your customer service and your product anyway uh, because you don't actually have the passion and the care for the product being absolutely amazing and really, really good. So because your eyes are focused on those dollar signs. So I prefer to tell people to go for something that's more evergreen, that is going to stand the test of time and can be developed as you go. You know, Something that's still going to be around in 10 to 15 or 20 years time uh, is going to be a far better business. It's going to be more sellable if somebody wants to sell it. And you, you're not having to reinvent another business and create a new business every five years. So I just feel it's better to go for those evergreen products. Does that make sense? No, that makes complete sense. And that's an amazing segue into where this conversation was going to be going, which was, you know, how do I sell a business? There's a few questions I have around here. Um, But I guess the first one would be, is how big does my business need to be before selling it to actually something I can do? It's a great question. It doesn't need to be... it, It can be earning 20 grand a month. I mean, 20 grand a year and you can still sell it. So it doesn't need to be this seven-figure income earner to be able to sell your business. Actually, a lot of people sell their business that are they're making 20 to 30K a year from their business. Uh, net profit, obviously. Uh, so it doesn't need to be this massive business. And then there's business that sell all the way up to you know 20 mil, 30 mil, 50 mil. Um, and then your question was, what do you need to do to sell it? Was that right? Yeah, but there's something I want to interject in there is sure. before I'm getting ready to sell it, I've made the choice that I want to sell it. And let's, for the sake of simple math, let's say that the business we're talking about sells 
um, widgets, you know, that's an, just it sells something and it's making $50,000 a year, right? So we'll just take that for the baseline for the rest of the conversation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we have the side hustle. We had a good idea and we're making about 50K a year. You know, and I've made the decision that I want to I want to move this thing. I want to sell this business that I have. Uh, what's it valued at? Yeah, great question. There's there's a lot of variance to that, but so it's making about fifty grand a year. Let's just say that's net profit, uh, which is important because nobody's you know you're not going to buy a fifty thousand dollar revenue business because the profit may be only you know five thousand dollars possibly. So say it's doing fifty thousand dollars net profit. For an e-commerce site, the multiple is roughly about two to three years uh, net earnings. So you could be looking at selling it for anywhere from 150 or 100k to 150, maybe more. Now the other that's on average, right? Now the other variants control the price by how much work is required to run it per week, like in customer support, fulfilling orders, uh, ordering stock. SEO, marketing, blah, 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 all those sorts of tasks. If there's like, if people are spending, you know, 10 hours per week to make 50K per year net, some investors don't particularly want to go for that, right? They want to make sure they have less hours uh, and the work's easier. So maybe you have different, you know, and I'm moving probably into the next question what do you need to do to set it up well? before you sell it would be, you know, just getting good processes, structures and procedures put in place so you can uh, decrease the workload and then also work out how you can decrease the amount of money spent. So decrease the amount of money spent, which is the expenses and in- increase the uh, overall profit. Absolutely. So there's one thing I want to get in here and I just want to clarify for everyone that may not have the technical nerd word background like me and Jared do. It's it's <laughs> when we say net profit, that means that this is $50,000 we're taking home cash in our pocket. That does not mean that it says $50,000 sold in your Shopify backend or whatever platform you're on. This is like profit after every expense, after taxes. Yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah, after after absolutely everything. Uh, actually, sometimes it can be before taxes. Uh, a lot of the case with the different brokers, um, especially on sites that are kind of sub two hundred k. It's you know before taxes, and this is a tr- this is a tricky one in the online space because taxes are going to be different for depending on who buys the business, you know, and where they set up that the the business name mm-hmm. or they transfer the business to operate through. So you could pay less taxes in a different state in America or you could pay less taxes maybe in Australia or a different country where you transfer the business over to. So some businesses they do it um before tax. But yeah, that's a that's a really good thing to highlight is that you know revenue is everything that you make. Uh net profit is everything that you make after expenses. So cash. Yeah, so I'm if if this business was ran extremely efficiently, uh, and you know they're taking fifty home at the end of the year, I'm sure they would have amazing margins, and you know they're probably looking in between the one to three hundred thousand dollars in like what they were actually bringing in. Yeah, just to like put some more numbers around our made up business. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's yeah, you'd be running it. You'd you'd be doing some pretty good margins, and you'd have low CPAs and um, CPLs, I guess, as well. Let's be honest today. 
all of your customers are going to have questions. And what are you doing to manage all those questions? Do you have a help desk for your business? One of our sponsors of today's episode is Gorgeous. And Gorgeous is the number one rated help desk for e-commerce. It integrates seamlessly with Shopify. We have installed it on a bunch of stores. It's also used by brands like Movement and Rothy's. And what it does is it takes all of your customer insights and information, brings it into one amazing dashboard so you can solve their problem as quickly as possible. If you want to give Gorgeous a try, visit gorgeous.link slash honest. That's G-O-R-G-I-A-S dot L-I-N-K slash H-O-N-E-S-T to get your second month free. All right. So we we made the decision. We kind of expect that we are going to be able to sell this thing for a buck fifty on a good day. Um, you know, and so I need to get my processes in place. So this is all about creating SOPs, standard operating procedures. I need to write down the answer to every question that might come up about my business. And this is usually what separates like a good business from a bad business is just having processes in place to answer questions, to help your whoever's helping you, you know, you've got a VA or you've got a full-time employee, whatever. Like you want to help them do their job faster. That requires you to get all the answers out of your head. Yeah. I've done this on one of my businesses and it's, it's so uh, great that you brought that up is that you know I went through in the email within the back end of the email software that we're using or you could do this in Gmail even uh, is that you know when the more FA you know FAQs the frequently asked questions come through via email is that you just have an email you know response like a template and you just click on that and it just sends and that just cuts out so much time that you have to pay a VA to type out type out that email every single time or for you even to do it yourself. And you shouldn't have to set that up just before you buy the business. You should set it up now so you can utilize that little tool while you're running it and then sell the business. Here's what I believe everyone should be doing is you should be setting your business up to sell it right now even if you never want to. For sure. Because all it's going to do is it's going to take less of the day-to-day out of your business so you can focus on what you are objectively the best at within your business. Like Be that being creative and coming up with this awesome idea. Or maybe you are the best at selling to these wholesale distributors and you need to free up time to do that. Or maybe you are the best at literally you know, designing the t-shirts for your brand. Like Getting all of this stuff SOP'd out and off of your plate and out of your head is only going to do wonders for your business. And it will get you in it. One day, if you do want to sell it, you already have all the work done. But getting up to it, some people get to this point in the business. And there's a book um, out there. Oh, shit. I'm going to forget it. But it's about kind of scaling an agency this way. Um, I will put it in the show notes because I can't believe I'm drawing a, a blank. <laughs> it happens to me all the time. <laughs> yeah. It's about you know processing out your business to where... It kind of runs itself without you involved. And then it's like, this is where most business owners realize they don't want to sell their business anymore because it's no longer a headache. And you just keep it because it's an asset that's cash flowing. Yeah. And it is, I totally understand how scary it is to start outsourcing. And the 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 paradigm shift people need to make is that there are people out there that can do the tasks that you're doing better than you and you can pay them less than what you would probably have to pay yourself to do them as well. Uh, And it just getting that off your plate means that you can finally start chunking up and start working on more high level tasks that are going to be high income producing tasks to allow the business to earn more money 
rather than like designing t-shirts and doing customer support and stuff like that. When you could be taking the business in a totally different direction, you could add tens of thousands of dollars, if not more to the total revenue or the income of the business. So it's more about like, how can you get these lower level tasks off your plate? Even though it's going to cost you money in the short term, it's going to allow you to work on bigger tasks. And this is where you need to be a visionary, allow you to work on bigger tasks. So you're going to allow to bring in more income for the business than what you may be paying somebody to design some t-shirts or do customer support. Before we move on, there's the one thing I want to burst is this idea of teaching someone how to do this is going to take me longer than just doing it. (laughs) That's the worst outlook on growth ever. You need to get it off your plate anyway. Even if it takes them twice as long, you need to focus on other stuff. And there is the mindset shift of task switching. Like you literally can't focus, you can't multitask. It's it's impossible. You need to you need to get over that mindset and just start getting stuff off your plate and freeing it up for that stuff that you have to be able like that you need to do to grow that business. Yeah. Something that I'm I've been implementing uh, at the end of last year and of this year is just setting time aside to think. Like when you've got so much, and they see this so common, it was very common for me that business owners will have so much on their plate that they just go, 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 and they finally finish. And then they've got to go away and cook dinner, clean the house. You know, they might have kids they've got to run around and, and, you know, sort out. And then you just don't have time to sit down and think about your business or the direction you could take it or things you could do to improve it. Like you're just absolutely doing the day to day and running it. So even just having space, like space is so important. And especially as a business business owner, if you don't get that, then you, then your business can just run around in circles. And I think it's, you know, even paying somebody to do tasks when you are going to do nothing, I think it's still a good investment because you've got that time to think and that space. Absolutely. All right. So let's let's move into this. We've made the decision to sell. We've got a number in mind. We processed the crap out of our business. You know what I mean? Mm. Uh, now what? How do I sell this business? So you can just go to a broker. Uh, so you just can just type in website brokers uh, or you can come to me and I can send you to a particular broker that may be best for your business model. I know there's quite a lot. There's Empire Flippers, FE International, Quite Light Brokerage. You can sell on Flipper. Uh, that's you know probably a lot more work than you may want. There's also Exchange Marketplace, which is where you can directly sell your Shopify store. Uh, I'm not sure if any of your audience actually know about that, but um, you can do that directly through the platform, which is quite cool. Yeah, there's and just yeah, Google website brokers, and you can find a bunch of different brokers that will help you sell your business. And I'm sure there's some sort of fee involved in that. Yeah, there's a fee. It depends on how big your business is, but it can be anywhere from 10 to 15%. Absolutely. And how long does a process like this usually take? That's a good question. And that's very business dependent as well. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, at the moment, we're in a pretty good market where businesses do sell quite quick because. So many people are hungry to buy businesses that have passed that 90% failure rate. Where, because 90% of startups fail, right? It's, it's quite hard. So they've passed that 90% failure rate and they've got a proven track record that they're already making money. You know, people that want to sell their business and are smart, they've set up all the processes. Imagine you coming in and going, all right, I just want to buy a business that's just chugging along and you can do some day to day, small day to day tasks. Then it's pretty attractive to buy, especially for the return. That you can make, so they they're selling quite quick, especially businesses sub a hundred 
or so even sub 200k, uh, they're selling quite quick. Absolutely. And by quick, I'm talking like, you know, a week to three, maybe four weeks. That's wild to me. <laughs> but I'm assuming the people yeah. that are buying them that fast, it's probably not their first rodeo. Not at all. You know, there's, uh, I spoke to the Empire Flip that on my last summit. So I had a buying and building online business summit that just, just finished at the start of this month as we record now. And I had a broker come on and he mentioned that they, they're selling, you know, 50 to $70,000 sites in seconds. Like they have people already have money wired to them in their account, ready to just purchase something good that comes along because there are bigger, uh, like funds and firms that are buying up smaller brands and they just see something they like, they'll do a quick bit of due diligence to say that's ours and take it off the marketplace straight away. So it's pretty crazy how quickly they're selling. <laughs> that's nuts. Yeah. This is going to be a, this. Thank you for introducing me to a rabbit hole of nonsense that I'm going to get into this year. Uh, I already talked to you about this with you offline, but yeah. this, is, this is something I'm looking into. It's so, actually pretty pretty cool space. It's it's growing quite rapidly and there's there's some cool parties coming to the space too. So um, I love it. Yeah. All right. So so when uh I guess let's look at the other side of the coin. I'm sure there's some people out there that are like, wow, I never thought about buying a business. You know what I mean? Um mm. what like just from a due diligence perspective, what should what should be attractive? You know, what should I be looking for? I'm sure there's a million things out there, but like what are the what are the like the top three things that you want to look for? Uh, when evaluating buying a business from somebody, especially like an online Shopify store. Yep. For an online Shopify store, the top three things you want to be checking and verifying through your due diligence. Number one is getting uh, viewers access to their Shopify account and just double checking the sales that are coming in and then cross relating that cross-referencing, I should say that to the profit and loss statement they give you. Normally, they're going to give you a P&L uh, and that is like an Excel sheet. So you want to be cross-referencing that to make sure it correlates with the actual income that is coming in. And then just double-checking what their expenses are, making sure it all checks out and act- actually makes sense because that's really important. That's just called verifying the financial. So that would be the number one thing that you'd need to be doing. Then there's you know checking out... you know. I'd probably for a Shopify store, I'd be making sure the marketing's really on point. So, and if it's not, what needs to be done or changed? So, I like to see what's happening with the marketing, why it's working, why it's not working, what have they tried, what worked and tried, what did they try and did not work. Asking things like, what's your CPA, right? Which is your uh, cost per acquisition, what's your CPL, which is a c- cost per lead if you're getting leads before you transition them into a, a sale. Uh, what are they getting as an opt-in? Is it valuable? What's the opt-in rate? What's the... you know How many emails do you have? Uh, what's the open rate of the emails? How often do you send emails to the list? Uh, how often do you send sales emails to the list? And what's the you know, the close rate of those sales from that email. Uh, that's definitely checking out the marketing and see what's being done with that. That's very, very important. And then I'd like to do a lot of due diligence on the product and asking, you know, how much does the product cost? You know, you know, what's the best selling products? Uh, are they up the top of the site? 
in on the main homepage um, and just checking out what's being done in terms of making sure those products are shown in a really good light. Like, as you know, product descriptions, good images, making sure each product page has, you know, a lot of great information that's really eliminating the fears of what the buyer may have building a lot of trust and then making sure that's also SEO friendly. So they're the top probably three things that I'd be looking at is financials, uh, marketing and the products and how they're everything to do with the products. If that makes sense. I know there's a lot of information there. So people may need to go back and read that, listen to that again. <laughs> oh yeah. There's, there's a lot there, but it kind of translates over to make sure you know what they're doing and then make sure that you understand that you can either do it better or improve the process because you don't want to buy one of these businesses and just have it be stale. You want to grow it. Yeah. The main thing is when you're buying a, an online business is understanding the whole business and understanding what risks are involved because there's risks involved in absolutely everything. And then working out how you can minimize those risks, right? And then what are the low-hanging fruits that you could take advantage of? And that could be the email list or if you know a lot about marketing on Facebook or YouTube or Twitter or LinkedIn or wherever, Pinterest, then take advantage of your skill and you know utilize those low-hanging fruits there. Absolutely. Jared, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. It's been so much fun talking to you about this industry. I was just on his last week. I don't know when that will come out, uh, but I'll definitely share it with the email list as well over here. Um, is there anything that you want to share with the audience before we go today? Uh, yeah. And thanks so much for having me on. The one thing I'd like to leave with the audience and share with everybody is that if you're coming to this space to make money online, the number one thing that you want to understand is that it's not about you. It's really about your customers. And the more value you, you give them, the better. And it's going to come back to you. So you've got to give before you get. And I'm talking about you know if you're giving people really good prices on your products, if you're giving them really good customer service and help, if you're giving them really good value just by going through your site and teaching them you know, really good content. That's the number one thing that you should be focusing on is how can you make your business and your website and everything you do so very valuable to people that are your audience or interested in what you have, how can you make that more valuable? Because then you're going to set yourself up for success. That's the most important thing to focus on. Awesome. So if anyone's curious to learn more about you, where should they go? Sure. You can just go to my website, buyingonlinebusinesses.com. So that's buyingonlinebusinesses, plural. Dot com, uh, and then you can check out my website uh, and see my podcast. Uh, most people go away and check out my podcast, listen to a, a few things that I'm up to and what I like to share. And then if you're interested in what I've got, then you can go back to my website and check out some free resources and some other things that I give people. Awesome. Uh, I'm sure that I'll, I'll have you back on here in a couple months and we can go down this rabbit hole a bit further. Sure, man. Looking forward to it. Thanks so much. Yes. Take care. Have a good day. You too. Bye. I cannot thank our guests enough for coming on the show and sharing their journey and knowledge with us today. We've got a lot to think about and potentially add into our businesses. Links and more information will be available in the show notes as well. If anything in this podcast resonated with you and your business, feel free to reach out and learn more at electriceye.io connect. Also, make sure you subscribe and leave an amazing review. Thank you.